This holiday season, send the gift that families across America have loved for over 100 years, Omaha Steaks. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter code YUM into the search bar to get 74% off the family gift package, now only $49.99. Order now and you'll get over 30 items from hand-cut top sirloin steaks and kielbasa sausages to caramel apple tartlets. Go to omahasteaks.com, type YUM in the search bar, and add the family gift package to your cart. Hey guys, we are back from Australia. I want to start this podcast off by reading our latest review over in iTunes from Ali Cobb. Headline, fantastic. Hi, I'm new to this podcast, but have binge listened my way through the last few months of episodes and loved it. I'm a sole trader working as a VA with nothing to do with the trades industry, but the podcast still gives me a lot of ideas and advice that I wouldn't have got elsewhere. Also, it's entertaining, so it's enjoyable to listen to whilst I work. Thanks, guys. Cheers, mate. And on that, we will get into today's show. So, Adam, we're back. Back from Dan Under. Dan Anderson. Wallaby. <laughs> <laughs> How many times are we going to say Wallaby on this show? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that'll, make, that'll probably make more sense later to the listeners. Yeah, how are you feeling? I'm feeling really good, to be honest. I mean, I, I posted some really cocky post up on my Facebook page when we landed in Oz, saying, like, jet lag is for lazy fuckers, like, it's just a myth. And everyone was like, yeah, just wait till you get back. But honestly, we got back Saturday, yeah. 48 hours ago, and honestly, I haven't skipped a beat yet. Going <laughs> west is easier from my... Okay. From my west left runs with left west. It doesn't. We did this before. <laughs> west is not. Um, left. It's close. But to anyway, yeah, going traveling east. I personally, anyway, think that it's worse because normally the times that you fly, just you end up having a night flight, but then it's the middle of the day, and then yes, it's, it was just back. But I, yeah. I, I don't know whether we dropped on lucky with the flight yeah. times or whatever it was, but we got there. We were okay. Um, so we landed Saturday but, morning, but it was like a. Th- what, 30-hour flight? Well, 30 hours of travel, wasn't it? No, so, it was more. Um, was we did a uh, three-hour down to London, uh, waiting at London, 12-hour flight, seven-hour layover in Hong Kong, nine-hour flight from Hong Kong to Sydney, a couple of hours layover, and then down to Melbourne. Like I think we total travel yeah. door-to-door was like 35, 36 hours. Yeah, that was, uh, that's the longest, longest travel I've ever done. Um, I've been to Thailand, so it's like, it's been eight and eight hours. It's been... Two hours, three hours, three hours, or however it worked out. So it wasn't too bad, but Australia just felt long. Very long. I felt like I was on a plane for three days. It was just madness. And uh, and just for context, guys, um, if you're new to the show, today me and Harry, we're just going to have a quick catch up and just give you an idea of why we were in Australia. Some of the things that we learned while we're out there, and then Wednesday and Friday show, you guys have been sending some listener questions. We're going to get to those. Um, but we were out in Australia. Should I give them a bit of backstory to why we're actually out there in the first place? Yeah, context. So we'll give you some context. So, <laughs> Not just a jolly. <laughs> <laughs> so last year, a chap who runs a plumber's merchant called Plumber's Choice came over to the UK to meet one of our clients. And as part of that trip, he wanted to understand what our client was doing in terms of social media and marketing because um, they're making a fairly loud noise for the size company they are in the UK. They're doing some great yep. work. And fair play to those guys. They introduced um, Plumber's Choice to us. We had a good chat, and then we ended up having a bet over a dinner. 
which was he believed his unique selling point to his business was the fact it's trade only. And to be really honest, I thought that was just sort of like this, you know, like this gimmicky thing. Tagline, exactly, just some gimmicky tagline. So we, had, we ended up having a bet. Long story short, I ended up winning the bet. And the bet was if I'm right and he surveys all his customers and they don't basically say that is the reason they buy mm. or predominantly the reason they buy, uh, then he'd fly me out to Oz. The reason he wanted out in Australia in the first place is because he wants to take some of the stuff we do in the UK and actually see if it applies to his market. So uh, we had a couple of drinks, made the bet, didn't think anything else of it, and then we went back and forwards. And long story short, uh, bet was won. And then he understood a lot of what we do in the UK is around social and around video. And then it just made sense to bring you out there. Mm -hmm. And this is where people were like, oh, it's just a Johnny, guys. (laughs) get you out there shoot some video and it was uh us one of our clients their export manager who runs our own business um and plumber's choice the builder's merchant uh, so what you were out there to do is shoot video for all of those clients so then we can tell our stories while we're out there we're using it to explain to customers of expert trades the sorts of things that we do and the levels that we go to to make mm. sure our clients are successful and then each one of those stories is going to be different depending on the businesses that are going to use it so basically, we ended up traveling for like five days nearly for four days work. For, no, four days for four days, I think it worked out at. Um, but that's, that's why we're there. Um, the journey, mate. What, do you, what did you make of the, like the, the first leg? So like Heathrow to Hong Kong. I think I was okay because I was excited. I was like, this is cool. It's always easier going somewhere because you've got the excitement of getting to this place that you've never been before. Um, so it's like, yeah, we're going. So you're on a plane for ages, but you go into an exciting place. Yep. The f- when coming home, the return, there's no reward. There's just, I just want to get home. <laughs> <laughs> so it just seems a little bit more of a hard slog. Like on the on the second stretch, I think it was, uh, we, where we tried to have some kip because it was technically nighttime for us. We, I had some sleep and it was 12 hour flight. I woke up and it said, eight and a half hours left I was like I'm never <laughs> gonna make this and you know when you get like hot and bothered and fidgety and yeah. I thought I'm just not gonna be able to stick this journey out then my screen didn't work neither did yours did it it stopped working so there was no movies there was no music or anything like that I'd taken a sleeping tablet at this point I was waiting for it to kick in it just didn't seem to have that much impact to be honest I'm like slamming on the uh, the attendance button she comes over she moved me I get I get squeezed into another spot and uh, but I did manage to drift in and out of sleep so that was cool. All in all, I'm, I managed to get through the journey back, which was. Uh, I, I think the traveling was easier than I thought it was going to be. When you sort of like write down how long you're on a plane and then the layover, biggest thing, guys. If you are ever doing long haul and bits like that, if you can have a layover where you can have a shower. There's like lounges and stuff like that made the world of difference to me. It just freshened me up. Yeah, it, it did. But the layover was way too long. Like, yeah, it was like you, seven if, hours. If you could go in, have a shower and then head out and then probably need three hours. Yeah. Because by the time you get off a plane and board for the next one. <laughs> Not like the way back where we had like 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and Jamie, we traveled with one of my clients, a chap called Jamie. Um, he's having kittens. <laughs> he does not like the way that I travel, which is, uh, unless they're calling my name out on the tannoy, I don't feel like there's a rush. Uh, but yeah, he did not like the fact that we lost that that sort of couple of hours. He thought we had a few extra hours in Hong Kong on the way back. <laughs> and then we were waiting for our uh, Japanese food to be cooked. I think they were genuinely hatching the eggs breeding the chickens <laughs> and then cooking the food <laughs> i feel like they were just trolling us to be honest like, oh you got a you got a flight soon i was going to do an accent then by the way i was <laughs> trying and we've established that my accents are no good Weak. um 
so yeah, I've made a, just a couple of bullet points down, and a lot of probably what people are thinking right now is you travelled halfway around the world to go and spend some time in a plumber's merchant. Have you guys not heard of Skype? Mm. And I get that. I do completely get that. But I think the thing is, the thing is for us is we've sort of built a business by meeting clients, doing face-to-face activities, and understanding how they yeah. operate. I feel like if we're in the UK, we could potentially start a partnership, do a deal without actually having to go and spend lots of time with the client because the market is the market. Like we've understood this market now. But going and speaking to someone over Skype, you're going to get like a very single view of the role of the market depending on who you're speaking to. So if you're speaking to the marketing guy, he's going to tell you his view on the marketing and what works. And I think the reason we've been successful in the UK is because marketing directors of big companies have said, oh, Adam, what you're going to try and do isn't going to work and we've kind of knocked out of the ballpark mm. because we're sort of doing it our own way. So we thought, yes, it's a long time out of work. Like we basically had to be away for a week, but we yeah. were, were still doing our day job while we are out there. But going out there and doing the face-to-face thing and meeting the people in the merchant and then we'll get onto the, some of the stuff that we learned just generally around the market. I think there's some stuff that if you want to do it well, you've got to lay the foundations up front. Like, huge amount of cost and not just in terms of cash but like opportunity cost of being out of the business for five days i think when we looked at this in terms of what we were giving up uh, we just basically said one for our client we want to make them successful they've been with us for three years now is our very first client and they renew with us every year and they're just fun to work with they let us get on with our stuff and just test new things uh, it's more of a commitment to those guys say listen if you want our help we're there what was that smirk for? <laughs> I, I don't know. I was just, just smiling, mate. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I, I was just thinking of the work that we were having to get done and the time difference as well. So we're thinking like it's it's six o'clock on a Thursday. It's getting late. But like the UK is only just getting out of bed. Yeah. And there's this whole confusion of someone's asking for something from the UK, but we're thinking we're missing deadlines in Australia because we're ahead. And Oh, it's mental. A, it's mental. Just the fact that you actually, you actually had very firm deadlines to deliver mm. on while you're out there on this video project we're doing. Um, and that was just nuts. But the thing is, what was weird for me is I got so much work done during the day when we're over there because my emails weren't blowing up and like messages. Yeah. But then as soon as like five, I think it was like five or six o'clock arrived because like six o'clock is like nine, nine o'clock yeah. in the UK. As soon as that, literally, it was just like coming out the races, like the gates are open. Bing, 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 bing. All the emails start flying mm. in. And then all of a sudden you've got your day job to do. And I, I had a very open conversation with you. It was like, we've got to go and do the work while we're out there during the day. And it ain't going to be a jolly because then we've got to do our day job mm. in the evening. So, yeah, it was a... So it was work 100% of the time. <laughs> it was work 100% of the time. Apart from like two hours, three hours that I managed to get to sleep during that trip. I just, I've got weird sleeping patterns. Yeah, mine was. I woke up at four this morning as well. Oh, really? I was waking up at four in Australia. I was waking up four at home. Not good. You'll settle back in. You'll settle back in. <laughs> um... <laughs> So I just want to touch on some of the things that we learned. So in the UK, I don't know why I keep saying the client as if I can't say it. Like Monument Tools are the guys that we went out to uh, to Australia with. A uh, long-time client of Expert Trades, great guys over there. And we flew out with Jamie, who's a sales director for Monument. And in the UK, we do something called the Monument Masters, mm-hmm. which you originally ran. Yep. And then we got Edie in. Yep. And you pushed that out so quick off your workload. It was untrue. It just wasn't core to what you do, and I get it. Uh, <laughs> you just look very happy about this right now. It's it, it is perfect for the role. <laughs> you are getting very diplomatic. <laughs> what I do? <laughs> so Monument Masters is basically an end-user focus group that we get together to help Monument Tools with new product development. Like, is this fit for the market? Cool. 
So what we decided to do is to really understand what the hell goes on in Australia. Yeah. Talking to the merchant, cool. Talking to the end user, more important. No offense to Luke if you ever listen to the show. So we've got like 15 plum. Oh, I, I keep wanting to say engineers. They They're are plumbers. plumbers. They are plumbers. Because and in Australia, plumbing water is regulated equivalent of how gas is regulated over here so yeah. yeah so and the reason plumber's choice trade only tagline is a big deal is because over there there's a huge thing about DIYers going in messing with their own messing with stuff around the house and there's like more deaths and injuries one of the one of the plumber's choice magazines on the front that they send out every month is it had a picture of a gun and it said Something yeah, like yeah. DIY kills more people than guns do, or something. Yeah, that, is, that, that's is... one thing I like about Plumber's <laughs> Choice is they're super edgy. Um, yeah, it's so mad. That's, that's the whole thing they're trying to get behind, and that's why Plumber's Choice is trade only. So you, Joe Blogs going into Plumber's Choice can't buy anything off the shelf. Whereas we uh, we went to different merchants as well just to see what the competition was like and, and just what what merchants were like over there. And there was some massive ones that literally anyone can waltz into. And you can get things from angle grinders to drills to paint buckets to deck it. Like well, I it saw has everything. Well, I saw them literally have in some of the photos that I saw. Uh, they were literally telling people like, "Oh, here's how you do this to your sink. Here's how you can fix this problem." Compared to hiring someone Jeez. for. And that's the thing. Just to pull it back to the trade only thing is when Luke was over here, I thought it was just a bit of a gimmick mm. because there's there's some merchants in the UK that are trade only like Selco it's where the trade goes um, there's a little plug for Selco uh, but is it is it can anyone off the street go into Selco to be, to be honest I don't know yes or no but I just don't think that it's there when I sat in Plumber's Choice like it's how they live their business mm. like it's literally ingrained in every single one of them I have a real good test when I'm in a business to see if I think it's like a quote unquote good business in terms of like the culture mm. I went and asked like five or six people the same question and like cool uh, how long you worked here da, da, da. so like what makes this merchant different to the rest of them and they all had like three four minutes worth of talk about yeah. trade only what it means how they operate I thought okay this is cool and then just spending some time with Luke and he's like it is why he does what he does it's not just this tagline so we've got all these plumbers together and like you say, plumbing is regulated uh, like gases in the UK and some stuff just blew my mind and like you talk about different markets and and like having your own ideas of, oh, this is what works in the UK. We do cold email or we do like, uh, we send offers out every three days regarding X, mm. Y, and Z. We've got like 15 plumbers there and firstly, they answer the phone, which blew my mind to start with and not just to customers, like to a merchant. Like, do you want to talk about like how? Yeah, well, Plumber's Choice actually have sales teams, so they have like three teams. I think of five. Yeah, fifteen uh, sales reps on the phone that make that make outbound calls. Um, so obviously, part of a good a large chunk of their role is um, existing customers. So they'll call up John the plumber and make his and they'll see what stock he needs because it sounds like these guys instead of living in vans like a lot of our trades do over yep. here because obviously they've got more land over there. People have sheds and they probably buy things in bulk and stock up. Buy in bulk. And I think it's because of the size of the country as well, yeah. like delivery times are yeah. not what they are in the UK. And that was just one thing that I learned is they have to like stock up on items. Yeah, there's no such thing as next day delivery because no. the country is just huge. So there's like a four-day turnaround, which you'll expect, but they buy things, stock up. Um, 
and these guys make a lot of calls basically saying john what do you need let me make sure you've got everything in stock and that's kind of a large percentage of the calls but then beyond that they make outbound calls to someone that doesn't know them hey we're plumber's choice have you heard about us or oh, we're, we're trade only and literally it's it goes from cold calling sales calls that then they persuade them to make a small purchase and then hopefully that long term rolls into a, a, a larger contract for them where they just shop. Do you know what I found interesting? That the step before they make the first purchase, like imagine like someone just cold calling you out of the blue like, oh, you want me to get my credit card details out and pay for you over the phone for this or set up an account. Do you know the first thing they do to build that trust? Is it the magazine? Yeah, they like that, but not the not the thin magazine, the monthly one, the thick Bible, oh, the, all yeah. the products huge thick like an inch and a half thick of all the products they do and they basically they've, they've got this understanding and this is something that might be just an interesting takeaway for the show is if you run an internet business there's a lot of fear maybe more in that market because they are a little bit behind in terms of digital mm. and don't get me started on their internet speeds um, <laughs> seriously uh, fucking communist internet out there it's ridiculous it is um, I forgot what I was going on oh yeah so with the uh, catalog so they said, actually, to show these guys that we're a real company and stuff that when you order it actually gets delivered and it arrives, we're going to send you out this catalog with all our products in and sometimes they put a voucher or something mm-hmm. in. And they said that once they changed it to do that compared to trying to sell over the phone is the actual sell becomes a lot easier because like, oh, this is a real company. The delivery arrived. It came on time, X, Y, and Z. And they go, oh, I'll try and do a test order with them. But like you said, they call through, like they've got like four or 500 accounts each and there's, oh, do you need any silicon? Do you need any fittings? Whatever the products are, the consumables mainly, um, they just go through and they're on the phone. Like no one operates like that in the UK. Like no one that I mean, I've ever imagine met. Imagine getting a phone call from Screwfix asking you like, do you need any more? Uh, can you imagine <laughs> what the response would be like? <laughs> but that's the thing is like, we went out there with an idea of what works for us in the UK. Mm. And our goal was to try and help Monument Tools have a successful launch with Plumber's Choice and grow what they do in the, the Australian market. And I think if we hadn't taken the time to go over there and spent some time with the end user, we would probably have wasted three, six, nine months worth of energy and effort trying to do stuff around like email, like cold email or like offer emails and bits like that. When these guys say we don't get emails, which I actually think is an opportunity, but it feels like the whole market over there just doesn't send emails. They don't put what people call spammy emails into their inbox. But if it's an offer from your local merchant, I'm a marketeer, I'm a sales guy, I, I tend to ruin stuff like this eventually. But I think because no one's sending emails that Plumber's Choice should think about it. But the long and short of it is we would have wasted nine months worth of energy and effort trying to do what we do in the UK if we hadn't gone and spent three or four days mm. over there with them. Um, so that's the stuff that we did. Um, takeaways from me. One, I think Monument Tools is going to go really well over there. We've got some ideas. But a chap over there called Clinton who's just like hungry to do this social yeah. thing. And the interesting thing is, is Plumber's Choice has spent like the last three years building a great community on Facebook, 42,000 likes, really good engagement. But they haven't ever done any of the selling. They haven't ever promoted the products. So it's just really weird to see the dynamic of how like they operated compared to 99% of the, the, the businesses in our industry, which are all just sell, 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 sell. And they're all like, have some fun, build some banter. This is what we're like as a brand, but really timid to sell. And I think the biggest takeaway for me is like, where do the, where do you sit on that scale? Like, too hard selling, too much fun. They they are they are complete extreme, and they need to tie it back in to actually use the internet, the internet, <laughs> this thing that we all use to actually sell some product. It was making me chuckle when uh, we were talking about how often that they contact their uh, customers like via email. And Luke was like, yeah, we, we, we send out uh, a promotional email um, probably 
once every two weeks if there's a deal. Um, and like, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was we're just like, like, what? You've got, you've got like <laughs> two weeks, ten thousand, well, thousands worth of email, over ten thousand, and like they are just not being contacted about all the good stuff that's happened in the branch. And, and then, but what's the open rate and click through rate on said email that they Ble- send out? Blew, blew my mind. I, I won't to give the numbers on the show. So it's probably not, but they are three times more than what we, four times more than what we used to in the UK. Yeah, I'm not sorry about like 80% open rate, but the, the engagement when they've opened it, like three times the open rate and five to seven times the click-through rate that we're used to in the mm. UK. And part of that's probably because they're putting value out as well. And obviously in their mind, they're, uh, they are own, they're not sending something that they think you might be interested in, like just willingly. Like I think that they, from, from what I gather, correct me if I'm wrong, but everything that they send out, they only send to the right people. Yeah. And because they know, because they're collecting the right data from each customer they actually know whether John should have this email because he buys this sort of thing, but Steve doesn't need it because he never touches this sort of thing. Whereas a lot of people will just poof, hit their entire customer base yep. and then that's when you get the spam emotion. But, but that's built. the thing that confused the hell out of me is like they're doing like what we would call like marketing segmentation. Mm. Like we don't send the same offer to a Sparky as we do to a plumber. Yeah. If if they're, if it's relevant, like if it's a Sparky's tool, only Sparkies will see it. So like they understand not to spam people and only send relevant stuff and they've got really good open rate and engagement rate. But I, in my opinion, you should be doing that more until you see the numbers go down and then you find that balance. Mm. But they're already doing all the hard work. They're tagging their customers with all the products that they buy and making sure that they don't annoy people. But they don't do it to do it for the email side. They do it so when John picks up the phone, they know exactly what he buys, what mm. trade he is, and you can have a really effective phone call with him. Um, but yeah, I think hugely opened my mind up around what the Australian market looks like. Really interesting thing for me to speak to Forty about is the website package and how that translates. Uh, I think there's a deal to be done. So watch this space about Plumber's Choice, website package, Australian market. I think six months down the line, we'll probably be doing something there just because that market is five, seven years behind. And I think taking what we know about websites in the UK for a sole trader, we could deploy that fairly well into that market. And I just love the idea of having 15 sales guys on every single one of their calls talk about expert trades. I don't know, vanity thing maybe, but I just think there's a huge opportunity for us to add value to Pommes Choice. And then obviously when we're out there, um, Monument Tools. Like I think the whole thing just works well together. Um, Harry, anything else on Oz that you think we should cover off? Um, no, great food out there. Great food. That's, great that's... food, but not they don't have like an Australian cuisine. Uh what there was that I don't know what it was called it was like chicken schnitzel which was parma that, ham that's the one the parma yeah. ham that, that, that was that like, was their dish that was their yeah, fish yeah. and chips apparently that's what Paul said yeah exactly it was alright it was very what do you think of the culture what do you think of the people out there cool chilled cool nice yeah, it, yeah. It, was kind, it felt kind of like a home from home like it didn't Obviously, everyone kind of speaks. As, they're all very polite people. Obviously, speak the same language. They drive on the left-hand side. Uh, it had an American vibe to it, the way everything's on blocks and things yep. like that. But yeah, if, I can see why people move over there because it is kind of... <laughs> it feels just like a home from home, really. Um, but ironically, we never got the weather. <laughs> we never got the weather. But then again... I'm packing shorts and flip-flops <laughs> and it was, it was better in the UK the week we were over there I know but outrageous one thing we did the best decision we made was we paid for an an earlier flight up to Sydney so we're in Melbourne which is where Plumber's Choice are based and we took an earlier flight up to Sydney and Sydney was cool as a city Melbourne's quite chilled slow paced more industrial 
Yeah, I was looking around and it was like half nine in the morning. People are just meandering past the coffee place, yeah, picking up a coffee, going to work. We go to Sydney and it's hustle and bustle. So it was a bit more like London, um, which was which is cool. Opera House, beautiful. Yeah. I, I love the fact we're in the hotel and we're looking down at the Opera House and he's like, it's smaller than I thought. And I'm like, no, we're just, we're just quite far <laughs> we're just away. We're quite <laughs> far away. Because <laughs> we, we got up to it. It's like, oh yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's fairly big. <laughs> but here's a question. Like, would you holiday out there? Uh, no. Because I don't, I'm on the same I page as you. I feel like I've had my fill of us and, and we didn't we only were there outside of yeah work that's like probably, probably not a fair statement because we've not had enough we didn't have three days or five days to to yep. be on holiday like we literally went like you say to sydney earlier just so we could go on the ferry go to manly and have a meet like that that was great in itself so yep. i imagine if you've got more time you're gonna i don't know get to the outback see the what is it the big red rock wallabies <laughs> we saw kangaroos straight out <laughs> no, of the airport it's straight out of the airport it's um, a kangaroo farm so I de- there's obviously things to do out there but I've, i've not i've now not got like a burning desire to go to australia uh, maybe as a final destination maybe if you're gonna go if you're gonna go far if you're gonna go east anyway yep like you're gonna do thailand or australia new zealand like kind of hit a few things then maybe it's gonna be worth it but that's just me no it's cool and the, and the last thing for me was uh one of my when i got into this industry um i was sort of te- a guy took me under his wing in my old job a chap called michael zachariah uh was my yeah. old area sales manager <laughs> Um, and I eventually moved into a similar role when he moved out to Australia. So I thought five years ago, uh, that probably the last time I see him unless he's back in the UK doing stuff. Uh, one of the best things for me on that trip was meeting up with him. Yeah. So me, you, him sat outside the Sydney Opera House after a good three days work. Uh, yeah, that just sort of made the trip for me. And it just sort of showed like, we've we've really built our business on relationships. Like the fact that you can just drop in with someone after five years and just catch up as if like you haven't missed a beat. Admittedly, half the stuff here has reminded me of, I just completely forgot. <laughs> um, but yeah, really, really good to catch up with them. Yeah, it was great to meet him actually. It was, uh, it was cool. Cool. So guys, if you've listened to us waffle on for how long, Harry? 27 minutes. 27 minutes about the trip to Oz. Um, there's no real big gems in there apart from like the one thing for me is if you're getting into a new market, like don't guess do the legwork, especially if it's potentially a long-term relationship, just go and go and establish it. Do the face-to-face thing. Yeah, and yeah, that was gonna, that's exactly what I was going to say. The value of face-to-face um, is undeniable because you, you, yes, you can Skype someone, but you don't get to, you, you Skype someone for 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, however yep. long it is, but you don't get to spend a day with them. You don't get to have lunch with them. You don't get and to just, just yeah. have the, chit, the chit-chat and, 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 the emotion doesn't come across them because what you don't get to know them as a person on a personal level and then understand how they think about the business from beyond that. So yeah. Awesome point. Like it becomes very like transactional. Mm. Um, and also you don't get the opportunity to really look at someone in the eye and go, what did you just say when you've just been teaching them about something that's fairly technical and he goes, all right, mate, <laughs> too easy. And I'm like, <laughs> pardon, <laughs> too easy. And I looked at him and he's like, yeah, too easy, mate. Uh, oh, sorry. That's a, uh, I'm trying to it. Oh, that's a. Uh, I can't do it, Harry. Wallaby. Uh, <laughs> by the way, the guys with the wallaby thing. I had to say wallaby to try and get into my Australian accent. But the word too easy is they say it as in like no problem, as in like yeah, it's just yeah. oh yeah, not a problem. I'll do it. Uh, but yeah, it's just little, little like, stuff. Do you like know that. how much I charge for this service? <laughs> and you've just said too easy. But yeah, uh, good trip. Um, lots of hours uh, but uh, definitely worth it and now we're back in the office Monday morning getting back into full swing doing mm. the podcast mm. guys if you've got this far and you're enjoying the show I'd hugely appreciate it if you went over to podcasts on the iTunes app 
Find Startup Diary. Leave us a five-star sterling review. And we will read it out on a future show. Guys, we've got some listener questions coming up. If you want to get your listener question on the show, Harry, what is the best <laughs> struggling, way? struggling, aren't you? <laughs> Sorry. E- email harrison at experttrades.com. Two T's in the middle, one S at the end. People have been sending some stuff in, so we'll be covering them in the following shows. Can you remember the Instagram handle? Startup podcast on Instagram. Follow, get involved. You can see some of the photos from us on there. Um, guys, let us know what you're working on. Upcoming shows, we've got one talking about seasonality in a business and two, one of the questions, wasn't really a question, but you keep calling yourself a startup. When are you going to stop that? Yeah, and I want to I want to get into that because I think it's, it's more about mentality compared to time frame. Guys, on that note, we'll leave it there. Speak to you soon. And we are back, guys. Did you miss us? <laughs> I can't start like that. <laughs> I wanted to see how that landed. And we're back is the war cry of this show. <laughs> and we are back. Guys, I'm going to start this episode of the podcast with a new review. Ali Cobb, thanks so much for leaving us a review over in the podcast iTunes store. Ali says, hi, I'm new to this podcast, but having binge listened my way through the last few months, of all the episodes, I've, I've just I've made up half that sentence. <laughs> 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 you know when you read on and you just like make shit up. <laughs> okay, try reading the review. Okay, we'll do. <laughs> <laughs>